Time for a Columbia check-in with State Representative Russell Fry on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers. Talk 94.5. And joining us live on the air is State Representative Russell Fry. Good morning, Russell. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Nick. Hey, morning. All right. So, um, you know, I had mentioned earlier, Russell, by the way, did you have a nice Easter with your family? Uh, it was wonderful. Honestly, it was probably one of the better ones in, in memory. It just was a great day with family. We had the family over, and my wife cooked a bunch of good food. I ate all day. So I was trying <laughs> to be good yesterday. Um, and uh, it was just good. We went to the beach, and yeah, it was awesome. Awesome day. How was yours? Very good. It was It was a beautiful day. I'll tell you that. That's for sure. So... It was great. Yeah, you can't you can't beat it. Yeah, well, that's great to hear. Um, and so now we're getting into this um, time period that I want to talk to you about. That crossover date has come and gone, has it? Or is it? Yeah, absolutely. It's over, right? It's over. Yeah. So uh, two Thursdays ago was the crossover deadline. So what that means for your listeners is that any bill that realistically has a chance of passing must have passed one chamber by that date mm-hmm. unless you pass it by a two-thirds vote. So, um, you know, for, for big bills or whatever, but, but the crossover deadline has come and gone, yes. Okay. So um, what have you been working on that didn't make it or that you were keeping an eye on? Because some people want to know if it's still in play. Like we had heard um, that, and maybe you can verify this, that, um, you know, we have Carter and Jeannie Smith uh, next door to us at the Coastal Women's Center, Coastline Women's Center. And um, one of the things that they were trying to um, get you know, support for was the fact that uh, abortion clinics, abortion doctors had to reveal that there was an abortion pill reversal drug um, and that did not make it. That's correct. So the bill is on the calendar right now. I mean, it's it's to be debated. Um, So I don't know the state of that. It was a great bill. I supported it in uh, in committee. And uh, I'm hopeful that we can do it. Now, there, I think there are other ways, too. And, and again, this is just me thinking strategically. There's, there's probably other ways to uh, either attach that bill in an amendment, possibly, um, uh, or, or pass it as is. But I think, if I remember correctly, that may have gotten, it may have gotten some bipartisan support. Hmm. Um, so there is, a, there is a chance that that still you know, could, could pass. Wow. Okay. But it's a good bill. That's a great bill. Okay, great. I'm glad to hear that you support it, actually. I wasn't even sure about that. Um, And there were some other abortion, you know, where are we with the the heartbeat bill? Uh, Any updates on that? I know it was being challenged. I haven't heard anything recently um, from from the legal standpoint. I think it's still kind of in the court system. um, And there are several states, obviously, that have similar bills or something else. And so I think from a pro-life movement standpoint, you know, states are knocking at the door and they're really mm-hmm. trying to, you know, be masters of their own destiny on the pro-life movement. We have to get that right. I mean, the right to life is so critical um, for not only this state, but really every state. Uh, so while we await some of those legal challenges, you know, we continue to push, hopefully, uh, some common sense um, bills like the one that you just referred to. Um, and that's ways that's, that those are ways in which South Carolina can be proud because we've really built brick by brick, year by year, a very robust pro-life movement in the state. That we protect life. That we find ways to work in and around uh, 
the court edicts. And so here, um, and, and you've seen that, I mean, we've, we've had dismemberment abortion was one of the first bills that I voted on years ago when I first came to the House, but really every year, consent by parents, things like that, every single year, the legislature has really tried to build up that case. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and I... the most recent one, obviously, is the, um, <clears throat> is the Harpy bill, which is mm-hmm. you know, great, and, and I'm hopeful that the courts allow states, um, as they should, to determine when that point of viability exists. I was reading in this article, um, and we're speaking with State Representative Russell Fry, that um, that the Senate passed, and you're in the House, obviously, uh, the Senate passed the medical marijuana legalization, the voucher-like education scholarship account, um, the, the hospital repealing the, the hospital certificate of need process, and the bill to dissolve DHEC um, into two cabinet-level um, two new positions. Now that's all under consideration in the House. Have you had a chance to check out any of those? Did you want to comment on any of those and where you yeah, stand? Yeah, no, great. So, I mean, there's, you know, this is the, the uh, I would say the cool thing is because the House has passed certain bills and sent them over there. Senate's passed certain bills and sent them to us. And so, you know, certificate of need, I've been hearing a lot of traction on recently. Um, that was a full repeal. And so the certificate of need process is kind of an arbitrary you know, government protection law. And so some states that have it, uh, some states don't. Uh, but what it really does is it requires um, a hospital, a doctor facility, a uh, any type of medical practice, when they invest a certain amount of money, they have to show that there is a need in the community for that type of service. But it allows, it's really kind of a, a block uh, for uh, investment in medical stuff. I'm, I, I think we need a full repeal Personally, I think we need a full repeal of that. Uh, there may have at one point been a reason why we have that law, but really what, it's, what it has set up to do is to block people from investing in medical facilities in the state, in our area, and the barrier to access. I mean, if we're talking, you know, if we're, we, were, we were wondering why we had shortages of beds um, for COVID, CON is one of the biggest reasons uh, uh, for that is because people can't easily uh, go and expand a medical facility. So it's really, um, if you're a free market guy uh, or gal, repealing certificate of need is a great step um, in, in expanding, one, investment in, in uh, medicine in our state, uh, but really getting rid of um, a law that, quite frankly, doesn't work and hasn't worked for quite some time. What about the um, the one that has to do with uh, dissolving DHEC into two new cabinet-level positions? And we've been through a tough time as a state and, you know, the whole nation, the world. Um, you right. know, is there a way to do this better? I, I think I think that the Senate's on to something here. Um, and I don't know what the fate of that particular bill, where that will go. But, you know, you look at some of these agencies and you look at their mission, right? Is mm-hmm. DSS too broad? Is DHEC too broad? Um, and can you focus? So I haven't read the particulars of that bill, uh, but I like the idea of restructuring to, 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 to hone in on the mission of an actual agency and to make sure that they're doing the actual things that they're tasked with doing. Um, so um, I think breaking it up or, or, or combining uh, elements of one agency into another that meet the mission, you know, makes, makes total sense to me, um, you know, from a government standpoint and, and, shrinking or, or making it more efficient 
So, um, Russell, I also wanted to ask you something that's always, always coming up on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. It's the election integrity uh, legislation, the election reform legislation. Where is that out right now? Is that in the House? Nope, they are in the Senate. So the House has passed two bills dealing with election integrity. And under each bill, there are several components of them that have various, you know, for instance, we're not taking Facebook um, dollars. We're not, uh, or third-party money that was funding some of these election commissions around the country. You know, we're going to get rid of fusion voting. We're going to require some sort of ID for absentee um, balloting. Uh, We're going to standardize the election processes um, in each county so that uh, a vote in Darlington is treated the same as a vote in Ori from a process standpoint. So those two bills are actually in the Senate right now. And I'm hearing, you know, they're, they're, they've been tinkering with them and trying to take them up. We have to get that right. I mean, election integrity is so big. Um, mm-hmm. And people care about it. Whatever the outcome is, people want to have faith that it was executed correctly. And South Carolina, you know, has a lot of things that they can point to that are good. You know, we have voter ID. We don't uh, allow at least legally, uh, ballot harvesting, but removing the drop boxes and making sure that that's a permanent freestanding law. These things matter. And so um, in the final weeks of the session, I hope that the Senate will pick that up. Um, I think that they will, um, but that is, you know, certainly up to them. So lean on your senator. Um, get, you know, get in contact with their offices uh, and ask them to pass this. It matters. We've got elections coming up and we can't, Quite frankly, we can't wait. Russell, we got a, a couple of questions here on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. Uh, are you for or against I-73 and why? Well, I think anyone who's listened to this show for any amount of time knows that, that I'm for the road. Um, I think we uh, an interstate access opens up a lot uh, for potential business uh, in the area, investment in the area. You look at our region and, and how underserved it is from a from a uh, infrastructure standpoint, and an interstate could help cure that from an economic development standpoint. Businesses do not travel, most likely. Businesses do not travel unless there is an interstate or a port within an eight-mile radius. And if you don't have that, you're at a competitive disadvantage when you talk about recruiting industry to your area. So if we ever want to break out of a... Uh, we're never going to eliminate tourism, and tourism is our bread and butter in this area. But if you ever want to break out and diversify your economy so that you can weather the storms of you know, the marketplace a little bit better, then this would help. It also helps from a hurricane evacuation standpoint. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if this, this doesn't really directly relate to you, at least not yet, but uh, everybody was talking about how you know Congress on the federal level gave themselves a raise – and the question to you is, do you think that that's right? Do you think you should be able to vote yourself a raise without any, you know, you don't have to answer anybody to it. It's just everybody gets together and says, yeah, we need a raise. Do you think that's right? No. Okay. No. All right. That's it. That's all we had today. All right. Um, I wanted to Man, go- easy going today. Huh? Yeah. I kind of wanted to go back to the state's business here. Um, it yeah. says in the remaining five weeks, and we're speaking with State Representative Russell Fry. Um, that the session will likely be devoted to the budget um, in the Senate. 
And um, the House election reform legislation will come back uh, up for debate as well, which we we just spoke about. What is it? um, Are you proud of the budget or are you, um, you know, happy about what's happening? Look, I think the Senate, um, the Senate's dealing with the budget, you know, and and sending it back to us soon. So we'll see what they do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there are a lot of things to like about the budget that we that the House passed. We have built into the budget uh, the tax cuts that we talked about earlier, the income tax cuts. So that's kind of accommodated for within the budget. There are raises for law enforcement, teachers, in investments, uh, further investments in roads. I mean, we have a billion dollars uh, invest, you know, in investments in infrastructure itself. And so these things are really good. Um, but again, the budget is a very long process. So I'm not sure what the Senate will do uh, with it. I know there are some pretty substantial changes in the Senate budget from what I'm hearing, but they haven't done their budget yet. And so we'll see what they pass and send back to us. And, and the process at that point, once they send it back to us, is we get what we call House 2, uh, which is the, the second, I said, the second bite at the apple to, to tweak or fix what the Senate has done. And then, of course, it goes to a conference committee. So the budget thing, you know, we're going to see this play out in the weeks uh, ahead of time. Um, on how, what, what they do, how compatible it is to what we did, and any differences between dollars, basically, that we'll flush out. But we'll keep you updated for sure as that progresses. One other thing, I don't know if you saw this article, and I'm kind of throwing you a curveball here, but I, I wanted to know, did you see that article um, that happened to come through on Fox News about House Majority Whip James Clyburn um, paying... Uh, over $200,000 in campaign cash to family members. Now, they were supposedly doing certain types of work for them. It seems like it's all up and up and legal, but, you know, the ethics people are saying, hey, I wish you guys wouldn't do that. Um, did Did you hear anything about that? The $200,000 is, is a lot of money. No, I haven't heard anything about that Okay, um, at all. Yeah, it just came out this morning that he pushed more than $200,000 of his campaign funds to family members, um, but they're not responding um, to any, um, you know, people are asking if there's any elaboration. But apparently, according to the end of the article, um, that that is allowed. It's it's legal as long as it's legal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think. And again, it's federal, but at least on the state level, what I can speak to is. If uh, family members sometimes are, mm-hmm. um, they'll pick up stuff or they'll do certain services that they, you, you know, for ha- campaign. You want to hire people you, you to, trust, you know? So you have I to get document it, it and you, it has to be legit. And I think that's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously an area of concern if people aren't actually doing anything. Right, exactly. And one other thing, did you want to comment at all about that um, South Carolina mall shooting? A lot of people were having an issue with the uh, man that was arrested and then uh, let off on $25,000 bail. He's on house arrest but allowed to work. A lot of people are crying foul about that. His attorney is saying that he shot in back in self-defense. I don't know if that had anything to do with the judge's decision, but, um, you know, are, are, are we should we be concerned with uh, soft on crime judges and, um, you know, prosecutors? Listen, I mean, that's always a that's always a concern. I haven't looked at the particulars of that case. What, what I will say was a tragic, I mean, awful, awful incident right in our backyard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in a, you know, unfortunately, in a gun free zone. 
Um, yes. But right. what what uh, always concerns me is that you have, you know, there was a judge a couple years ago in South Carolina who let off people easy at a bond hearing mm. um, and gave them a PR bonds or a low bond, something like personal recognizance bond where you get out on your own mm-hmm. name, basically. But those individuals ended up going and killing other people. Mm-hmm. And so you really, you know, judges are tasked with making a decision with the facts that are presented, but we need to be really careful when you've got crimes like this, that people, um, you know, the people uh, don't get loose, that mm-hmm. don't need to be loose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much. Anything you needed to add or to let us know, Russell? No, I think that, you know, the, and for those, who, you know, we've been doing this for a couple of years, Liz, and obviously some of your listeners are, are new to this. Um, and so what I will say is that the legislature, we've got, a, you know, sev- several weeks left uh, in the legislative session. Things will move quick. And so I'm optimistic that we can still do things like school choice, that we can still address critical race theory, that we get these election bills done. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of things moving in the pipeline right now. And um, it's really going to determine whether we put our best foot forward this year or not. I really hope that we do. Um, it's, it's my intent that we just stay as late as we possibly can, as much as we possibly can to get these things done, because we, our people, uh, expect it back home. And so I'm hopeful that we, that we finish up the session um, with some of these hallmarks. We've already had a pretty good session so far um, with things like you talked about earlier, the heartbeat bill, the Open Carry Act. There's a lot of signature pieces to be proud of, but this is the final couple weeks of a two-year legislative session. So let's get it done and lean on your senators to pass these bills. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much, State Representative Russell Fry. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, Email russell at sdhouse.gov. Call me, text me, shoot me a Twitter message, whatever the case is. Happy to engage. If you need a state house tour, you want to come up and visit us, we'd love to have you. Um, happy to assist you or your family with what you got going on. All right. Thank you so much, Russell. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you all. Have a great day. Thank you. Hold on, deplorables. The Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers will be right back on Talk (laughs) 94.5. 